0: Well, today is Gaudete Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent. So we continue in our preparation for the birth of the Messiah. But now we take a little break, if you will, from the focus on penance, that type of preparation. And we shift our focus to rejoicing, another type of preparation. So, of course, we wear rose vestments. Some folks make a big deal about it being rose, not pink. i not sure if it matters. You can say pink if you want. You know, in the, in the Romance language languages, there isn't a, there isn't a dis- distinction. There's just one word. But in any case, now we're here to celebrate, to be more joyful and in anticipation of the coming of Jesus. Of course, the celebration of the coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago, the coming of Jesus again at Christmas, and the coming of Jesus every day of our lives, all in anticipation for the coming of Jesus and the second coming. Now, you heard; you may have heard in the announcements before Mass that next week we have Sunday, the fourth Sunday of, of Advent, and then Christmas Day is the very next day, Monday, which means that we're required to go to two Masses in those two days, one once on Sunday or Saturday night for the fourth Sunday of Advent, and once on Sunday night or Monday morning for Christmas. In other words, we can't go on Sunday night and think that that counts for both as a two for one. It doesn't work. I know none of you were wondering that question. (laughs) Here what I want to do today is primarily make a pitch for the spiritual exercise Exodus 90. So I'll be explicit about that up, up front. And as you know, that's only for men. So this homily, in a sense, is only for men. So all the women, feel free to take a nap. Or you can nudge your husband, wake up. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I gave that homily on defensive and offensive Catholicism, how there are two errors. And in the, in the center, there's something like receptive Catholicism to receive the Lord as Our Lady did. But in order to be able to receive Him, we have to prepare, we have to pre- prepare the way of the Lord. If there's a lot of stuff in the way, the Lord can't really come. The Lord's coming is inhibited. And so if we don't, if, it's, if I'm right that it's not really proper to go out and try to save the world, then what do we do instead? Well, we go inward and we uproot our vices. There's that quote from St. Dominic in the big banner in the back that says, A man who governs his passions... Is master of the world. We must either rule them or be ruled by them. And we know which of the passions are ruling us, whether that's gluttony or pride or greed or lust or envy or wrath or sloth. If they're ruling us, then we are enslaved to them. And what does that look like? Well today, too much time on the phone, looking at inappropriate websites, eating or drinking too much, sleeping in, not praying enough, being irritable with our loved ones, with our children, with our wives. All of that is standing in the way of the Lord's coming. So we want to prepare. I am the voice of one crying out in the desert, make straight the way of the Lord. And we heard from St. Paul, refrain refrain from every kind of evil. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy. And may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, it's not enough to just die in God's faith and grace and friendship. We have to be perfectly holy and be preserved blameless before we can enter heaven. So we can start that now. Seems like a lofty task, because it is. But here's the good news. St. Paul again, this very next line. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will also accomplish it. This is the Lord's work. This is what he wants to do with us. Now, I've done Exodus 90 a few times, and... Some of you maybe have as well. Maybe you know what it's about. But let me share this. The first few times that I did it, I did it far from perfectly. And I was very discouraged every time. And I just figured it was a self-help program that didn't work. Well, last year I did it again as a transitional deacon. And I happened to be recovering from my knee surgery. I had to repair some ligaments. So I was mostly just lying in bed and lying on on my chair and doing this program over Zoom, meeting with folks over Zoom and trying to do the disciplines as best best I could. And then I was also in in the behind the scenes because I was leading a group. So I was in the, the group leader phone calls and things like this. And over this process, I realized that there was something different that is underlying all the disciplines of the spiritual exercise. Which is not, it's precisely the opposite. It's not about becoming perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's basically about the ceasing of the trying to be perfect. And I know this sounds contradictory. I'll try to unpack that. But it's to cease to try to be perfect. We men especially have this drive to be perfect. And the more that we try, the more that we fail, the more we get discouraged. There is an alternative And it's about knowing and following Jesus, the perfect man. Jesus is perfect. And the more we know him, the more we surrender to him and let him take control. And it's also not just a 90-day program. It's a 90-day initiation. An initiation into a new kind of life. A life that is centered on prayer, on asceticism, which means self-denial and on fraternity. Now, for this year, there's even something more special. There's a Benedictine monk named Father Boniface Hicks who I couldn't recommend enough. We read his books in seminary, and he has a lot of content on the Internet. And he runs an institute for spiritual direction out in Pennsylvania, and he has paired up with Exodus 90, and he's now their spiritual director, and he will be feeding (coughs) weekly videos through these 90 days and he has a video invitation and I I just wrote down what he said and I'll just read that to you here so try to imagine somebody much holier much more closer to God much more advanced in the spiritual life saying this are you feeling stuck are you feeling a need for something new in your life To start out in a new direction for 2024? Do you need an exodus? Are you caught up in social media and excessive use and hamster wheel of repeated behaviors that you're trying to break? Bad habits? Is it affecting your relationships, your personal peace and satisfaction? Fulfillment? Are you thriving? The Israelites needed an exodus. They were held down by Pharaoh and God wanted them to be free. Freedom didn't come instantaneously. They had to spend 40 years in the desert. It was hard. We too have our modern day Pharaohs that hold us down. God wants us also to be free. My name is Father Boniface and I'm a Benedictine monk. I live in a monastery, a place of freedom and peace a sanctuary that was founded ultimately by St. Benedict 1,500 years ago. St. Benedict needed freedom, he needed an exodus. Held down by the decadence of Rome, he fled to Subiaco, Italy. That phrase maybe resonates with a lot of us in the current days. Held down by the decadence of Rome, he fled to Subiaco, Italy, and lived in a cave for three years. The cave could be symbolized by the basket and the cross. The basket is a sign of fraternal friendship, fraternal support. A monk named Romanus sacrificed of his own bread every day and brought it to St. Benedict in a basket. The cross is the way of Christ. St. Benedict, through his daily prayer and asceticism, learned the way of Christ. He endured the hardships. He faced himself his own demons, his own idols and was able to overcome them in a way that empowered him to come forth and to lead other men to freedom. Through monastic life over the last 1500 years, the rule of Saint Benedict has been leading men to freedom. This January 1st, things could be different for you. You could start this new year in a new way, with an exodus. I'll be your spiritual guide, And we'll have weekly conversations about prayer, asceticism, fraternal support, and the Israelites' journey out of Egypt. Will it be hard? It will be hard. Will you get discouraged at times or feel like a failure failure if you don't live it perfectly? Maybe. But it's not about that. It's not about living a perfect life. It's about being introduced to the perfect man, Jesus Christ. Exodus 90 provides the tools and the roadmap for setting out a new direction, a way of prayer, a way of self-denial, and most importantly, a brotherhood, men to make this journey with. So my question for you is, is this your year? Maybe for some of you the timing isn't right. But for the rest of you, What are the obstacles? Are they real obstacles? Or are they just temptations? Our culture doesn't want you to have an exodus. The modern-day pharaohs don't want you to have an exodus. Our culture wants to isolate you. Have you been trapped in consumerism and self-indulgence? God wants you to be free. God wants you to be a saint. God wants you to be like a Saint Benedict, not exactly like him, not necessarily to go into a cave for three years. This is my parenthesis here, not necessarily to go into a cave for three years, especially if you have kids to raise, but the same principles can be applied to your life. Exodus 90 provides a path for you to grow deeper in your relationship with God, to grow more confident in who you are as a man of God. And to grow in friendships with brothers who are making the same journey. I hope you join me this January 1st. Make this year the best one of your life so far. And that's really what's, what it's about. It's the Christian life which developed into the religious orders, into the monasteries. Those are almost the saint factories, if you will, in the history of the church. And now those principles being distilled and being applied into everyday life for the diocesan priest and for the layman. So he provides a rule of life. There are 20 specific disciplines that I won't go over here. But by carrying out, by living out these 20 disciplines over the course of 90 days, one can be initiated into a life with Christ to discovering him in a much deeper way. It's hard, but it's doable, because God is the one who is accomplishing this work in us. God is the one who wants to free us. And over 100,000 men have done this in over 75 countries. So a couple of things to conclude. One is, I'll have an information meeting tomorrow evening at 7.30 at Christ the King. I ask you to RSVP for it. In the back, there there are some flyers and some stickers that have a website on the bottom, ifcatholics.net slash exodus90. And if you can't make the meeting, just RSVP, and I'll send you the recording. And that you're not committed yet when you come to the meeting, you're coming for more information. I'll rope you into it at the meeting. And a couple of anecdotes from doing this last year. One was a couple shared this at the, end of the, at the end of the 90 days. We had a call with several couples together. And one of these couples shared that they had this routine where the husband would come home from work every day, stressed out, and they would get into an argument. Then he would storm upstairs, get on his computer and distract himself. And then after a while, he'd come down and they'd have kind of a lukewarm evening. One day, they initiated this little habit of theirs. They got into a fight. He started going upstairs, and he stopped halfway up the stairs. First of all, recognizing that his attachment, his addiction, is taken away. The computer is taken away, except for school and work. But the computer is taken away, so now he has to face this reality. So in that moment, he decided to come back downstairs, sit down with his wife, talk through... Their argument, and have a good evening together, an enjoyable evening together. And the second anecdote is of a dad and a son, really two sons. Every morning he would get up and he would drink his coffee while being on his phone, checking the news. And his sons just naturally would get their devices, their little iPads, and they would start playing games. So during this process, he stopped getting on his phone and started reading a book instead, a spiritual book. And just naturally, his son started doing the same. Being around him, but instead of being on their device, opening up their books and reading them. And that's the impact that dads can have on their sons, on their families, just by their example. So the last thing, just to address this fear of failure that we all may be crippled by. Just to acknowledge that that's a fear based on pride. It's not humility. It's pride. It's pride thinking that we have to be perfect, that we have to solve everything ourselves. Instead, we want to grow in this disposition of St. John the Baptist. The one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. The scholars tell us that's a reference to the lowest type of slaves, those who would untie the sandal straps of their masters. John the Baptist is not even worthy to do that. And that's where we want to be, to echo his words. I must decrease so that he may increase.